ladies and gentlemen, and we're here for another week of the Boys, Boys, Lots of Toys podcast. I am Jake Gellman. Our normal introductee, Justin Page, is out for this week, so I'll be giving you the laydown of uh, the episode. We're starting out with uh, the headlines of the week from Mr. Daniel and Serpy, followed by a Zambiad. Then we have a great interview for everybody with uh, Miss Emily Staker, uh, who works for Galvanize, and just a very impressive resume. You'll love to hear this interview. And then we're following up with our spin on a fantasy draft, which might not be what you think it is. So uh, I'm Jake Gelman, and I'll pass it off. Um, boys, how are we doing tonight? Hello, hello. This is special guest Zane Izagari, and I got to say, Jake, that was a fine performance on your first try, nonetheless. So uh, here's Definitely you, first uh, try. Definitely. definitely. Definitely the first try. We didn't have to cut and do it again. So I, I think we're off to a, a booming start here. Can't wait for this episode. Yeah, you know. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I thought I should go last since I was. <laughs> we're, we're lost. We're lost without our father, Justin Page. Father Page. <laughs> well, looks like it's a battle of the interns here. Uh, what's up? It's intern Zambi here. Uh, great interview with Staker Baker, uh, dear friend, G Prep Bullpup, GU alum. Uh, definitely want to tune into that. And until then, stay safe with the smoke, you guys. Daniel. Now it's me. Yeah. What's up, guys? Intern can just pick up this mic. It's a intern Dan back at it. We are back this week after a uh, brief hiatus. Uh, vibes are good. Great week ahead. Football's back. I am already looking forward to Sunday watching the red zone when my TV says you've watched the same channel for four hours. Are you still alive? <laughs> I say, yes, I am. And I'll continue doing the same exact thing. So let's go. Football's back. Fired up. What up, gang? This is intern Coop coming at you live from Portland yet again. And I think Dan said it best with uh, football's back, baby. So uh, excited to get that in the mix and uh, pretty pumped for this fantasy draft. So it should be fun. Perfect. Perfect. That's what I love to hear, guys. Okay. So, Dan, I'll pass it off to you now for the headlines of the week. All right. Headlines of the week. We've had quite an offseason. You know, where are we going to get real football stories? We're going to see a season. It's finally game week. And the biggest story has nothing to do with football. Odell Beckham Jr. Really uh, apparently into the whole Cleveland steamer thing. Uh, for those that don't know, he apparently likes to be shit on. It came to light on a uh, podcast today. And now OBJ has to deal with this story as the Browns get set to open their season. Thoughts, boys? Well, I, I just got to say, finally, we're talking about some real news on this podcast. I'm sick of talking about, you know, will we get college basketball, the Padres, all that fake news. Now we have some real news that OBJ allegedly likes to be pooped on. That's just his thing. And you know what it is, folks. I don't think we should shame him for it. No, I mean, like, I think we should have guessed it because he did request a trade to the Browns. So, like, you know, subconsciously, you know, there's you know, the name there. Also, they get shit on every game usually, so that makes sense. And I think it's nice because now we can finally retire the Cosby sweater, you know, phrase, because that's, that's insensitive, you know. 
Bill Cosby's a monster. I'm proposing we now call it the Odell chain. Oh, I like that. I like that. I also like all of the little puns that have come out of this. You know, you hear people saying, you know, the Browns, of course, Odell's on the Browns. I never thought Odell would be the number two wide receiver. So I, I'm here for the puns. I like this. Oh, great. Yeah. Winners of this week are fantasy owners who have Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Because you have been given a carte blanche check to write <laughs> whatever you write on once for this, the best team name in your fantasy. League. Yeah. Speaking of uh, great fantasy names, I think Cooper actually had one of the, one of the better ones that I heard with, uh, is it, did you draft CD, CD lamb? Is that who it was? I did draft Mr. CD lamb and I haven't made the official change yet, but I do believe the, uh, my new name will be, uh, one of CD's nuts. So <laughs> pretty, pretty excited to make that official. And, uh, if I don't, if I don't want a game this year, at least I have probably the best name in the league. So, are, are you worried that this Odell news could affect your team name, you know, prestige? You know, uh, that is that is a reason to be concerned. But I think uh, having having the best name will over override all of that. So, be okay. <laughs> it won't. I thought uh, drafting CD where you took him was a little bit of a reach, but you have to get your guy if that's going to be. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. No, it, it's intangibles. Intangibles. I, I mean, I had that. I had that name envisioned for like the entire draft. So I was like, I need, I need this guy. So Coop's marketing department has been pushing for this guy all drafts. I love it. Uh, real quick too on uh, OBJ, he um, has addressed this news on social media, perhaps with his latest posts on Instagram. He says, "Can't knock me off my pivot." no matter what shit is thrown my way. <laughs> <laughs> I applaud that. I applaud that. Thrown or gently flopped. <laughs> if you look in the comments, there is a heavy, do heavy dose of poop emojis. So the internet... Is there a heavy deuce? <laughs> heavy, <laughs> uh, duty, <laughs> heavy duty shit in the comments. Get us off the poop talk, please, Dan. Right, Get off, us out of here. Off the poop talk, but we're going to stick with football. Uh, it's been quite an off-season for... The uh, quarterbacks drafted in the 2017 NFL Draft. Let's just remind everyone of the order of that draft. With the second overall pick, the Chicago Bears took Mitchell Trubisky. With the 10th overall, the Chiefs traded up to get a guy by the name of Patrick Mahomes. And with the 12th overall, the Texans take Deshaun Watson. So two of those guys, one has obviously won a Super Bowl. Both of them has signed lucrative contract extensions. And then you have Mitch Trubisky, who is named the starter for the Chicago Bears. Hey, all I'm hearing is these other quarterbacks are eating up all the budget of their team, and this is why we can have Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack on the defensive line. And you guys are going to eat your words when Trubisky this year rushes for 1,200 yards. I just, I just wish we, had, we could get through one episode, just one it's not like you brought up the headline. That's without Jake ball. bringing up Mitchell Trubisky every single I'm episode. Just, I'm just sitting in my house drinking tea out of my Bears cup, and then Dan <laughs> just walks over and this just slaps me across the face with this Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes talk. I'm the victim here, and I will venomously defend Mitch Trubisky from these just – Untrue. No, I guess they're not even rumors. He haven't even claimed anything. He's going to do great. 
I do think that the real loser in all of this is it's got to be Nick Foles because the guy won a Super Bowl for crying out loud. How can you not beat Mitch Trubisky for the QB one spot? I mean, he's he's just not a very good quarterback. I think I don't. I that that shocks me. Don't feel too bad for him because he's getting twenty two mil, I believe, to be Trubisky's backup. And uh, yeah, Jake, your argument about um, the other teams, their quarterbacks demanding all that salary. You've got a twenty two million dollar backup. Hey. <laughs> That's over Ryan, like three years. He's not making that this year. Ryan Pace, GM of the year. He's not making it all in one year. We were paying Chase Daniels like $8 million a year. I'm um, Nick Foles' contract, four years, $88 million. Are that's, you fucking uh, kidding me? That's, <laughs> that, that, according to my math, is, is about $22 Okay, million. okay, fair enough. But you don't know which years they're split out over. A lot of, a lot of math. Still, with – Mahomes budget that's 50 million a year right so that leaves 28 million and I wait so is he paid more than Trubisky <laughs> he's gotta be <laughs> yeah because Trubisky is definitely on his rookie contract yeah, so there's no way he's taking over like seven million right I mean let's let's look it up this is what I am here for right to research these things yeah maybe come prepared next time I don't know maybe have the the number next <laughs> Oh, let's see. Mitch Trubisky. Thrilling, annual, thrilling airtime. Annual salary of $7 million. Oh, caught it. See, $29 million for two of the quarterbacks. Maybe you do a dual package option. <laughs> it's great. Yep. You're not, some- I'm not uh, – you know what? I can have – I can spend the entire NFL season being pessimistic if I want, but this week, this week right now is reserved for optimism for your team. And I'm going to enjoy it. Hey, you can run a lot of Philly special. We know Nick Foles can catch the football. Matt Nagy might get creative with his stupid play card that says BU on it. BU apparently is not very good because last year the Bears offense was putrid. But hopefully, Jake, we can have some more you know, optimism going into this season. Mm-hmm. BU, more like PU. Oh, boy. Are we going back <laughs> to Odell on that one? Okay, next. Dumb with football. We got to go back to the world sport. Novak Djokovic, this tennis thing that happened over the weekend, didn't think tennis was going to make our way into the headlines, but Novak Djokovic being straight up disqualified from the U.S. Open for just, you know, harmlessly hitting a little line judge in the back of the court. What do we think of this? Because I was stunned that this was a rule and that it prompted an automatic disqualification. Zambi, go first. Well, so I was actually at lunch with our – own and dear uh, Jake Gilman here and I was mentioning that there is a $375,000 wager placed on Novak to win the Open and it would have netted 15000 and so I just want to know what that better is thinking right now <laughs> that he got disqualified on that little like circumstantial like I don't even know. <laughs> I, I don't think it's just one better. I think a lot of people probably bet on him. <laughs> well, he's the only—he's the only guy I know in that field. Like, who are these? Who plays tennis right now? Where's? Where I don't think I could name more than six tennis players, even at my best. But that's impressive. It was so funny when Z- Zambi like told us this, and then like five minutes later, we look up at the TV and we're like, 
what what do you mean disqualified <laughs> like yeah. halted like why is that so severe like well, can we find any kind of comparison in other sports like what would you have to do that just prompts an automatic disqualification well i think i think i mean if you compare it right it was a line judge that he hit like with the ball when he because he was frustrated and just hit it backwards yes. and it like hit this old lady in the throat right is yeah. it because she was old that <laughs> <laughs> i mean i picture it being like in baseball like i don't know if the pitcher were to get mad or the catcher were to get mad and just like launch the ball behind him but and it hit the umpire in the throat i think he would get ejected but it, it, it's also different because in tennis you kind of do hit the ball backwards like to the ball boys or I, I don't know what the hell this was but it was definitely weird my first thought was like there shouldn't be a line judge that like can't deal with getting hit with a tennis ball like that's gonna happen you're at you're on a tennis court like did right? she flop did she flop you might have flopped but <laughs> well she didn't have her medicine on her so but then when you see that it's just an old woman you're like I guess the optics of this, you have to be disqualified. I don't know. No, you you need, yeah, this is why, like, it should be, like, 16-year-olds should be the the ball people. Because they're not line judges, right? Or The, the like, 16-year-olds? Is that what yeah, they're the, the six. Like it's usually ball boys, like like younger people. Okay. Would just sprint and get that ball yeah, faster. Exactly. Oh, or girls. Just anyone who's back. not on like social security. You know, like, that <laughs> Cooper. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say that this whole thing kind of reminds me of like when you're playing like ping pong with your boys, and I'm not sure what like the correct term is, but I think it's like whenever you forget to like serve it back, you get you have to take your shirt off. And your opponent gets like hit you as hard as he can in the back. Oh, the sing pong, sing pong, sing pong. Yeah, <laughs> they did that in like real tennis, and like Djokovic was like frustrated, could just hit whoever he wanted. <laughs> the ref missed a call. They yeah. they have like the video replay. You get to just blast a ref. Honestly, yeah. I think Cooper, you just like proposed a way to increase tennis's viewers. Oh, I would watch like, every tennis match if that was. <laughs> Well, like, isn't there a way that you could punish him by, like, you know, maybe he he drops the set. He is behind in the match. But just to be like, nope, you're out. <laughs> yeah, or a fine. Like, yeah. have they not heard of fines? And just match instantly over. Everyone goes home. Like, what? Tennis. I can't, I can't think of another instance, or at least the last time, where just someone was disqualified in the middle of a sporting event. Like, yeah. because obviously with sport, like with team sports, it's very rare because there's usually nothing an individual can do that's so bad that they disqualify a team during the game. But. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely baffling. And one other honorable mention headline that I just thought about, so it's not going to be the greatest. Um, big possible recruiting news expected tomorrow for our Gonzaga Bulldogs. Oh, yeah. the guy's name is, I believe he's from Oregon. Ben and, Gregg, right? Ben, ben Gregg. Great, great Zag name already. I love it. 2021, he's going to commit tomorrow. And uh, we just continue to, to not rebuild, not reload, but just strengthen. You know what's the best part about this recruiting process to me? Is Ben Gregg had already said Gonzaga was like his dream school, but we weren't recruiting him like as hard as normal. I don't think we had even offered because we were still holding out for Banchero. Right. And as soon as Banchero committed then we're like okay ben greg but this entire time like arizona's been going after him like oregon ucla so this guy ben greg just said oh oh no thanks like (laughs) 
Big Dog Gonzaga just entered the table. And to do that to the Pac-12 schools, mm, mm, tasty. Oh, it delicious. would be so sweet. So sweet. Yeah, like, when do we become that school that can just be like, oh, yeah, we'll just not talk to our four-star for a while. We're just going to go after the five-star. Okay, we'll, we'll fall back and we'll get this four-star. That's probably going to go to the NBA. <laughs> but there we go. Those are the headlines, boys. Well, thank you, Dan. And I think that leads us to our ad by Zemble. Well, I don't know if you guys know this a lot, but CL is the scene for music nowadays. It's well known as the incubator for rock bands like Nirvana, Soundgarden. But it's also where Kenny G, Stir Mix a lot, got their start. Don't forget about Macklemore. Kind of a hipster. Not a fan of him. Psh. Heart, don't forget Kenny Loggins. And that is your Zambi ad. <laughs> All right, that was our Zambi ad, and now we're going into our interview with Emily Staker. Bloom, bloom, bloom. All right, here we are at the Boys Boys Lots of Toys podcast. We have a very special guest today. We have Emily Staker, not only a G Prep Bull Pup, but your Gonzaga Bulldog. And so we're really excited for what we have here today. Uh, we have all the boys, minus Stan and J Page right now, but uh, let's hop into it real quick. So, uh, Staker, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I just got sworn in as an attorney um, by your mom, which was awesome. And I graduated from Gonzaga in 2017. I went to the University of Denver for law school. I'm back in Spokane now just because I kind of finished during the pandemic and it didn't really matter where I lived to do what I'm doing. So I'm in Spokane. Um, it's been great to be back. I am getting my master's in tax from Gonzaga and they gave me the option to come back on campus. And then I thought about what I was like three years ago and if I would take this seriously. And so I'm doing it all virtually this year, which is great. Um, but I do miss going on campus, um, but I do not miss being around undergrad students. So that's great. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. And so um, aside from the law stuff, you're doing some work with Galvanize. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, so I serve on the Leadership Council of Galvanize. Um, it's a nonprofit organization that I joined a few years ago just through um, a friendship really with Laura Oakman, who's one of the most veteran sideline reporters in the league, um, just became friends with her. And then she asked me to come on and sort of help with a lot of the organizational stuff. And what Galvanize used to do, it used to be very linear in its focus. And it would basically, we'd go into NFL facilities and do a whole media training, crisis prevention, crisis communications training for NFL rookies. And we would bring in this awesome team of women reporters from all around the country and get them experience. So like I'm an agent for women who are sports broadcasters now and like a really big thing, like your resume basically is your reel. And so this gets you, you know, little bits for your reel. You get to do a one-on-one -on -one interview with a rookie, you do a stand-up. So it's really valuable to them, but it's also really valuable to a lot of the rookies because especially like 
the undrafted free agents, like some of them have never really had an interview before. If they're coming out of, you know, D2, D3 program, they might not have had a lot of the experiences that the guys from the SEC have had. So I really loved that part. I loved going in, seeing different rookie classes. What I thought was super interesting is just you really do see the difference in culture. Um, I think my first year we did Jags, Falcons, Giants, and Chargers. And you just really do see a difference in culture. And you can kind of see too, like I, I felt this with the Chargers, like they were really intentional about the type of person they were drafting that year. And they had a really awesome draft class because of it. Um, so that was really cool and kind of exposed me to more um, all of the behind the scenes things that go into making players look good. And there's a lot. Uh, but Galvanize has really grown since then, especially this year with the pandemic, because so many women and men in this industry got put on furlough or they were let go or maybe they had just started the job search or graduated. And now there's like no jobs in an already hyper competitive industry. So we've been doing so many new initiatives to get women hired. And I love it because for me, it really complements what I'm already doing. So I get to be sort of, it's not really fair. It's like, it's like organizing the combine and being an NFL agent. Like I get to see the best of the best in talent. And then I also get to represent talent. So it works great for my job. And I love it because it's just still growing. We now have 2000 women who are part of Galvanize. So it's really awesome. Like you just create this amazing network of women and it's times like this year that have been so crazy that you really realize how valuable it is definitely wow. that's <clears throat> awesome so for all, all your experience so you, you have you already have you've already graduated law school you're getting a master's in tax law or not tax law just tax yeah and then you have all this experience working with the nfl and like sports broadcasting so what what kind of would you say is your ultimate career goal? Like dream yeah. position, where would you like to end up at? Well, I thought it was to be an NFL agent. I had worked for an NFL agent in law school and I did love it. It was a boutique firm. So he had about 30 clients when I was there. And I really liked that because his whole thing was I never want to take on so many clients that I lose that really personal connection to a client and like you see a lot of these agencies like creative artists they have you know hundreds of clients and you end up outsourcing your clients if they're not you know of a certain clout and so i hated that so i liked working for a boutique agent just to see it was more of like the blue collar agent i really liked it but um i did a lot of competition, NFL negotiation competitions in law school and enjoyed it. But then when Galvanize sort of like fell upon me, I just um, started having all of these women asking me legal questions or questions about their contracts or help getting ready for a negotiation. And so I just had a moment where I was like, holy shit, like I have all these women who are already asking for help. Like I should, like, it's already coming to me. Why don't I just go down that path? And it has been so rewarding because like so many of my clients were my friends before. And so to help them get paid is awesome. And so this is really, I think, uh, you know, I'm happy to be right here for now. 
and I've got a really good roster. I'm pretty happy with it this year, just given how shitty this year has been. Um, but that being said, you know, I'm always open to growth, but I definitely am selective because it's, you know, it's a pretty intimate relationship. Like I'm going to bat for these women with um, big networks sometimes. And so you really have to, like, I really have to care and believe what I'm saying in order to sell them. Like, I'm not going to bullshit. That's not who I am. So there's a lot of vetting, uh, but it's been really, really rewarding so far. So I think this is definitely the path for now, but you know, sports is a crazy industry and you can never rule anything out because some things just kind of happen. So, you know, never say never. <laughs> now, now this year, obviously sports have changed pretty vastly for athletes, but you kind of alluded to it earlier that with the coronavirus, obviously that's affecting reporters and female reporters. So what has been sort of your biggest challenge with that? Um, well, for the clients that I have, I would say the biggest uh, problem has been getting them credentialed because a lot of them do live game coverage. And so uh, especially the NFL has been really weird about it because the NFL PA has been really strict. We don't want anyone on the field that isn't like an essential person, which could be like a random equipment person who gets paid minimum wage in their eyes. But because of the rules, like those people are good, but live media coverage isn't. And it just sort of isn't, uh, doesn't even make sense because most of these teams aren't going to have any fans. Um, I know Denver is going to have some, they announced today, but uh, there's going to be so much room in the stadium. So that's been kind of a frustrating process, just like working with the different teams to get my clients credentialed. Um, you know, of course I understand the safety aspect of it, but like I care about my client safety too. And the great thing about broadcasting is like you shoot from six feet away usually anyways, and you're not like jammed together doing your standups next to, you know, a bunch of other reporters or like next to the team. So it's just been like kind of a process of, getting back to logic because I think, you know, in situations like this, people just get really scared or they try and just come up with these broad sweeping rules that don't really make sense. And if there's anything that I've learned, it's just like in a time like this, like you just have to be creative and flexible to make things work. And I really do think that's the key to, especially with the NFL, like keeping it running smoothly, fingers crossed. So we'll see, but that's definitely been the biggest challenge for, the women who have jobs and then for the women that I represent who are still in the job hunt, it's just been getting hired because networks and teams are now like pretty cash dry because the advertising dollars have changed and going back to innovation, like they haven't quite uh, figured out how to innovate and get the same monetization from advertising that they would ordinarily you know, last year with the status quo. So we'll see. Um, I think that they will eventually, like again, with the physical space and stadiums, I've heard they're going to use that for advertising. So that could be great. But um, getting cash back into networks and teams pockets, I think is key to getting people hired again. So by the physical spaces, you mean like, like large banners or something over like open yeah. seats? That's what I've heard. And so, I mean, that's great. If you have a primetime game and you have this huge ad, like 
that's a lot of advertisement, you know. You really got to hope the team's winning, though, the home team, yeah. at least. <laughs> or else you're just like, oh, God. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> just going to associate, like, I don't know, GoDaddy with a Yeah, at least real goal behind it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Now, I, I want to go back a little bit here because you kind of mentioned in your introduction that you were recently sworn in by Chris's mom, Yes. Judge Shelley Zamblin. The honorable. Uh, the honorable. The honorable. Not that's good because I don't know if you know this, but I am actually in my third year of oh, law school right now at yeah. Seattle U. Okay. Uh, and so so how did you get what was your whole sort of thing with the bar right now? Because yeah. I know it's quite convoluted and complicated. <laughs> So I really lucked out. And this was great because I was already in summer school. I'm an idiot. Like, so I was, I was doing law school until May, did law school finals, had three days off Memorial Day weekend, and then started my summer school for my tax program. And then I was going to have six weeks. And then they, at that point, they had told me that they were going to delay the bar till September. So it actually worked out perfectly that you're supposed to give yourself 10 weeks to study for the bar. So by the six weeks of my summer school, that next Monday was going to be 10 weeks of taking the bar. So I was going to go straight from my summer school to studying for the bar. So about halfway through my summer school, they I get an email from um, somebody that I graduated with just being like, you lucky bitch, I hate you. You know, they're all in Colorado. And I'm like, why? And I look and it's because Washington granted diploma privilege. And so then I get an email from the Bar Association telling me that I, uh, I was, um, you know, I could get the diploma privilege just because I was enrolled to take the bar and I hadn't deferred it. And I feel so bad because there were people who decided to defer to take the bar in February and they didn't get diploma privilege, which is so unfair because just because I was enrolled to take it in September, I got it. And so I ended up not having to take the bar exam. So I got like a full like vacation. Like I've had a full vacation in like four years. And so because I got diploma privilege, like I actually got some time to breathe before this new semester started and I was able to just like really focus on my job which was awesome and just like really get ahead get organized and it was crazy like I was kind of in shock like you know it's it's um like the like LSAT keep... sucks but go ahead oh so did you like just check multiple sources before yeah. you, like, you really oh, did you're I like was... no way no, I was no down on like there's like law school reddit which I didn't even know there was law school reddit <laughs> until I found it and I was like this is a scary place like I don't ever want to look here again but um I was checking everything because I was like this like I still kind of wrap my head I'm like do I apply for this like do I get this and so it, I, it really took me getting that email from the bar association telling me that I had applied for it that um it it felt good but I was definitely feeling unsure like I didn't really know what it was I had heard about it um but so, so what yeah. is it exactly is your bar just deferred or are you just good to go forever I'm good to go I damn it the attorney and well, I I'm not jealous friend of yours now because yeah. I'm gonna take <laughs> yeah. it next year. and yeah. it's great because I just applied for reciprocity in Idaho and I'm in the process of getting that so I'll be barred in two states what is reci reciprocity? 
it's just um like you know areas that are so regional like spokane Coeur d'Alene, they create um kind of an issue for lawyers because like people from spokane get in car accidents in Coeur d'Alene, or you know like there's mm -hmm. families that live in both cities parents with joint custody and so it basically just allows you to practice in idaho as an idaho attorney but you don't have to take their bar or anything it's just like if you've been barred in Washington, you get barred in Idaho as well. And I think you can do it with Oregon also. Oh, that's oh. Well, you have no idea how mad I am that I took a gap year between undergrad <laughs> and law school now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's crazy. Like I'm still in shock for sure. And I, I feel for you, I definitely do. <laughs> it's great though, because like, I mean, this whole 2020 year, like every, everyone hears about the weddings being canceled or the right. graduations you can't go to or like just all the big events but it's nice that like somebody had a nice break from yeah it, you know? exactly i'll like, take it it doesn't really help even the scales too much but it is nice i will take it for sure it was great <laughs> all right well let's let's veer a little bit because uh you told us that you just finished your last fantasy football draft Yes. Uh, for this upcoming season. So tell us real quick, who was your first pick and why? Um, well, I just like got the highest running back that was available. So it was Nick Chubb. Um, I think he was like fifth, ranked fifth or something. Um, I actually in this league that I was drafting for one last year. So the Ooh. pressure was on Ooh. to really. Subtle brag, that. subtle brag right there. Yeah, not to brag, just a fact. Just a fact, but um, storyboard. Uh, yeah, so I just you know I you know big thing early on is to just get high producing running backs and receivers. So and I was really really keen on getting uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Just like I totally buy into all the hype around the Cardinals. Like I ended up getting Kyler Murray too. I feel like I had Lamar last year, and I'm kind of getting vibes that Kyler's gonna be the Lamar this year. I hope. Um, I just, I really think that the series is going to turn it on and now he's got some pretty serious offensive weapons to do so. So as much of a Seahawks fan I am, I'm definitely oh. riding the Cardinals train a little bit, just <laughs> purely out of self-interest. Hey, it's a win-win though, because if your like punch is wrong, you know, right. then the Seahawks are probably in good shape. So. Oh, I, I make it intentional. I was going to draft Russ if he was still available just to have him um, for sentimental purposes, but he wasn't. But I make it a goal to not draft Seahawks for that exact reason, because, um, you know, if I lose, then maybe they'll still win. So it won't be like the worst Sunday, you know, the worst case scenario is if I lose and they lose, but like, let's hope that it's either I win and they lose or, you know, I like to just even my chances a little bit, yeah. I, get I could do that. I'm a Bears fan, and I, I'm all each year. I'm like, I'm not going to draft any of their players. Their offense is always terrible, and then yeah. I always do, and I'm always sad. Well, I kind of, I kind of do the reverse of what Emily does because I am not a Seahawks fan. Ooh. I am, yeah. I'm from LA, so I like kind of by default a couple years ago became a Rams fan. I guess you just change right. the fan every year, right? But I'm, but I'm in Seattle. My girlfriend is a Seahawks fan. Her whole family's Seahawks fans every Sunday we watch the Seahawks. And so this year I was finally like, you know what? Screw it. I'll take Russ. I'll take DK Metcalf. Yeah. I can at least have something to cheer for when they're on offense. Totally. That's and I will say DK's beard. I don't know if you've seen his beard, 
But, like, that, to me, removes so much doubt about his uh, route running skills. Like, the beard, <laughs> to me, shows so much personal growth. Like, he looks like a full-on man out there now. And so I think that that's a solid pick. Like, I what would be scared to up against him. The fumbling issues are what concern me. I'm, I, I, I don't know. I like this beard prediction, though. Someone should <laughs> run some numbers and, like, look at player stats before and after beard. There's a lot of Seahawks that are going full beard, and I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> well, that's kind of the byproduct of, like, the coronavirus thing, I think, because you're seeing a lot of baseball players, like Cody Bellinger, has yeah. just been rocking, like, this kind of gross little patchy beard all season. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it's your face. You need to <laughs> it's your face. Yeah, totally. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, I was debating doing fantasy just because I am taking – the NFLPA exam in um, February. So I was like, is that going to be a conflict of interest? But I think it'll be over <laughs> by the time I take the exam. So I think we're good. Okay, one last dance. You know, <laughs> you, you got to walk out a champion. Like exactly. Jordan. I know the pressure is on. Yes. So so with the NFLPA exam, what, what exactly is that? What is the purpose? And then what? Yeah. Just what? Um, okay, so yeah, you know, a lot of the leagues, uh, the ma four major leagues are uh, organized by collective bargaining agreements, and the NFL is no exception. And so the exam basically tests your knowledge of the collective bargaining agreement in terms of just making sure you know uh, the ins and out of a contract, because you can actually find the contract form in the CBA. Like, I mean, it has everything like everything that matters or all of the rule all the random rules even if they're the crazy like personal misconduct ones are all in the cba and so you just have to like study that take it i think it's about 200 questions um but there's just certain things that you know with repetition like my time at the agency and even still like you just learn like there's some pretty random loopholes in there and um, you just kind of get used to it. So I, I hopefully won't have to study too hard. What's one of the weirdest loopholes or like random rules you can remember? Like Yeah, um, the biggest, it was the hardest thing for me to learn. It's really complicated is injury settlements. And so basically if a player gets hurt and let's say he was kind of like on the bubble or he's like kind of, you know, low in the depth, um, you can basically negotiate with the team to be cut and seek your own treatment. And so this is great for players who uh, weren't gonna get a lot of action or you think the team was going to really rush their recovery. Cause like, let's all be honest, every team does that. And if they're, they aren't feeling competent with the, um, the medical personnel there, they can negotiate that release and go seek their own treatment and take you know whatever time they need to really recover and then be a free agent. And so that was really hard for me to like really wrap my head around because I, I didn't know about that. Like I had never heard of this before. And there's just so many uh, rules about it. Like you, um, you know, you can't go have any conversations with any teams until um, it's fully negotiated. Like you can't go sign until you uh, pass a physical. So that was really interesting to me, but it's great. You know, there's always like, people always look at agents as dealing with the glamorous contract negotiations, but there's a lot of stuff like that too, that kind of sucks. And it's kind of heartbreaking for guys. They get these season ending injuries. And so for a lot of them, this is like their best option in terms of being able to hit free agency strong. 
Well, because it, it seems almost like backwards logic that this guy who's worked so hard to get into the NFL gets picked up by a team, gets injured, and then you tell him your best option is to get cut by right. the team. And so how – pitch me that conversation. If I just got hurt, how do you tell me that? Yeah, well, it's basically it depends on the team, depends on the injury, right? Like there's just – there's so many injuries that don't go reported, like so many. Like if you see like a sprain, it's usually not a sprain. It's usually a lot worse than a sprain. Like there's just a lot of stuff that isn't really transparent in the league. And so um, a lot of guys have injuries that aren't reported. And so then they get like injury after injury after injury. And it gets to a point where the team is just like rushing recovery, rushing recovery. Like they just want a warm body on the field and I think from an agent perspective, you have to question whether they're actually, you know, relying on that person's talent and like, you have to be creative with, okay, like, can they work somewhere else? And most of them like are pretty receptive to that conversation because it sucks for them to be rushed through rehab. Like they don't, they don't want to be, I mean, some of them are like, I want to play no matter what, but for the most part, like they realize, you know, the healthier the recovery process, the longer the career, because mm-hmm. the more you rush it, the more injury prone you're going to be. Yeah, and it definitely so, seems like you pitch sort of a long game kind of plan. Totally, totally. And so I think for younger guys, especially like undrafted free agents, um, it's their best option because it's way better to just be a free agent. Like, especially this year, being a free agent is going to be awesome because like, we're just going to see, you know, teams get just obliterated by corona like it's gonna happen and so we're gonna need, see a lot of like crazy free agent signings but i love it i'm here for the chaos <laughs> yeah that's awesome and we've been talking as well that not only are you probably gonna have players getting sick i mean certainly you will at least at some point um but i don't think they've been hitting there hasn't been as much contact right. before the season so that probably would lead you to believe that there'll also be injuries as well. Totally. Yeah, I've heard, I think most teams have only had 14 uh, practices with pads Oof. leading up to this week. And I, I think it was an interview with Bill Parcells. He was like, I used to fit 14 pad practices in 10 days. Like, they, <laughs> you know, they, it was crazy. And so I totally agree. <laughs> and that is a big concern, especially I would say with the younger guys, you know, that they're already adapting to a whole new pace of play like the transition from college to nfl is like you know on podcasts how you can increase the speed on people's voices it's the two times i mean it's really fast so they're already mentally trying to adjust to that and if they aren't really ready to play in pads like that's definitely going to be something to look out for for the younger guys i think yeah hey, hey zamblin write that thing down about speeding up voices on, on zoom we didn't know we could do that oh it's hilarious <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering, I'm like, okay, yeah, we definitely do know this. <laughs> this is like our, what, I don't know, we've been doing this at these episodes for a while. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think that's a very good point because I, for my opinion this year, whatever team can keep like the most veteran core together will probably win. Maybe not win, but go further than expected. I so totally agree. If yeah. you had to pick... Your two Super Bowl teams right now before the season starts. This is this is Tuesday, what, September eighth. Who do you think is going to the Super Bowl? 
Okay, so for the NFC, I have a caveat, which is this whole offseason, Russ has been alluding to he wants to have more control over play calling. And so if they let Russ cook, I'm going <laughs> Seahawks all the way. Okay, but caveat, if they don't, then I'm going to say um, probably the Saints, honestly. It just feels like a must-win year for them. And their offensive talent is insane. And, like, granted, yeah, Drew's old as shit. But, like, you don't need to be <laughs> that young and fresh to make that offensive line work. And their defense is pretty good, too. So I would definitely say just, like, being coached by Sean Payton, they have the best chance in the NFC. And then AFC, um, I really think it could be the Ravens year. Like, they, Lamar could get more and more refined. I know a lot of people think it's not a sustainable model, but I really think that it could be the real deal, you know? And so if he uh, is a little less reckless and just avoids injury this year, I think they have a really good chance also. Good points, good points. Now, are you buying in to the Tampa Bay hype at all this year? Well, I have, I'm a little biased because Tampa Bay is actually the leader in the league for hiring women and oh. I'm friends with some of the coaches and they uh, recently hired a woman who I am great friends with um, and she is in their scouting department now. So I'm really excited for them, but um, the, I, I really don't know. Like I think <laughs> Tom might just be there to have fun. Like, I don't know if he's really serious. Like, and that could be good. Like maybe, you know, fun Tom is better. Like maybe he feels a little looser. Maybe he might, you know, get crazy and eat a strawberry and like turn it on. Like we just don't <laughs> know, but um, they're going to be really fun to watch regardless. Just like Tom and Gronk back together. Love that. I think adding Fournette, you know, the reason most people didn't want to sign Fournette is not because of his performance on the field. It's because how he acts off the field and so that's definitely going to be interesting like you have a lot of really strong personalities on that offensive line so that'll be interesting um but their defense rocks like their defense is great so Grady Jarrett kicks ass I mean they're going to turn it on also so we'll see but I just I don't know I I don't think Tom's gonna really have that um patriot mentality so we'll see if he can adjust Oh, man, you better hope the Bucks don't beat the Saints week one, or else this prediction is going to seem silly. Well, they'll play them again, so. Oh, I like it. You, you're focused on the end of the season. We're oh, always, always, one. yes. All right, well, let's. we're all Zags here, so let's transition from the NFL to a quick Gonzaga talk. Love what it. are you what, – what do you think's happening this year? What do you think about the incoming freshmen – the Philip Petrusive leaving. I know this is a loaded question already. Right. Basically, what are your thoughts on this upcoming year? Um, well, if it happens, you know, oh, I think they big could, caveat, big yeah, caveat. <laughs> it could be a great year. You know, that's the shitty thing about last year is like everyone's like, this is the Zags year. And it's like so on brand for Gonzaga to like just not have it. True March Madness and the year that they could really go all the way. Um, you know, the year I graduated and you guys graduated like that was the year they made it to the championship. So um, I'm a little spoiled with nostalgia there, but um, yeah, I think Mark Few has shown us that he's really capable of getting in talent, like ready to play. 
So if he continues that, then I think they've got a great chance to do well this year. Yeah, awesome. I think so, it, oh, go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. Oh, no. And I was just saying, like, I, I hope you're – I think I was reading somewhere where they're saying November 25th is when they're trying to start the league now. And then with a lot of, like, the, the tournaments, like the, the pre-tournaments, like, just happening in Orlando, because apparently Orlando will just host any sporting event. For, <laughs> right. America's bubble. Exactly. America's bubble. Is it the cleanest bubble? Who knows? But, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's tough. It's it's so tough for college athletics because um, they can't do a bubble. If they do a bubble, then they're admitting that college athletes are athletes and not students, right? And so they just fundamentally cannot do a bubble um, because then the NCA would have to treat athletes like athletes, and that will never happen. Um, so we'll see. You know, there might be some exception if they in the sort of conference. Um, playoffs and stuff like that like maybe they can get away with it especially considering a lot of the learning is already online you know they might be able to justify it um I think that's best case scenario but I think we're seeing like without bubbles it's really hard to pull it off like baseball has made that clear um you know all it takes is a few guys not taking it seriously and games get canceled so we'll see Right. And I think a lot depends on college football and, and what sort of happens with that, because you're seeing like school, like the SEC is kind of saying, let's go for it. Right. You saw the Big Ten and Pac-12 immediately say no, but then the Big Ten's kind of inching back maybe. And the Pac-12 signed oh, yeah. some contract with some COVID testing scientists. And so they might be backpedaling. So it's, it'll be really interesting to see what happens just this month. totally and it the way it looks now there's going to be so much legal backlash for the big 10 just because they've been so unclear um about the decision making process and a lot of parents have written being like look whatever it is that prompted you guys to cancel initially like just tell us tell us what that information is and they aren't being forthcoming about that so that makes me worried a little bit um but i would definitely look for um, some legal embroilments as we proceed, whatever decision they make, um, it's going to be ugly, I think, just because of how they've handled it. Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, everyone, what, there's so many different routes to go, and you, no one, no one can tell which is the best route until the right. end of the season, and so there's going to be so many just, like, hindsight people, like reporters coming out, they're like, well, you know, we, like, oh, oh, ACC, like, didn't get any you know, breakouts if that happened and be saying like, see, Pac-12 overreacted or something. But then it could so easily be the reverse of that. Right. And and well, we talked about it with our last guest, Aaron Torres and the Pac-12, our theory kind of was that the Pac-12 is not having these ramifications that the Big Ten are having because the Pac-12 just said, most of the school said, students aren't coming to campus. We're not doing football. That's pretty, pretty logical reasoning there. But the Big Ten, I mean, my cousin just started her freshman year at Nebraska is rushing a sorority right now mm-hmm. at school. And mm-hmm. so, and, but they're not letting football players play. And so right. it kind of makes you wonder what, like the big 10 is just kind of in a whole jumble right now, but. Yeah. And I certainly think there's a political element to it. You know, it's 2020, everything's political, but like, look at the regions that the pac 12s in, like they're usually pretty progressive. Like I think people are like already like, 
pretty concerned about the virus and like most of the students are concerned about the virus. But if you look at sports in the Big Ten, like that's our lifeblood. Like what the hell are you going to do in that region if there's no college football? Like what are you going to do? And you know, yeah, right. You know, like all those student bodies are, or all those students are going to go to campus. Like they're not staying home. Like if I had the decision um, to stay home or go pay like three grand for a studio apartment in LA, I would stay home. But if I was going to go live in a 10 person house in Nebraska for $5 a month and party it up every single day and, you know, have a full college experience, like, of course, that's what you're going to choose. So it's, it's really different. I think that that does impact a lot of those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, veering away from more of the morbid, sad, depressing news and talk, we're going to transition to a special segment we usually do with Cooper, but today Chris is going to do it. We're going to do a little Chris quick hits for you here, Emily. Okay. Sounds good. Let's do it. All righty. Well, Staker Baker, I'm glad I, I got the reins for this one. So first up, some of our listeners may have seen the three restaurants from Barcel Sports. We have Red Lobster, Applebee's, Olive Garden, the Cheesecake Factory, Outback Steakhouse, Texas Roadhouse, Chili's, TGI Fridays, Hooters, B-Dubs, Melties, I have no idea what that is, and Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> Okay, so we're going power rankings top three. Top three. Um, well, you know, I think the obvious choice for number one is Buffalo Wild Wings. Like, no question. Um, you know, my idea of a great charcuterie board is the family bundle from Buffalo Wild Wings. So um, to me, that's just number one, no question. Uh, two and three get a little harder, I would say. You know, my first date, actually, when I was in sixth grade was at Applebee's. Oh. Um, so maybe that for just the sentimental value and I've also been served as a minor there like several times so it's just kind of like a fun exciting experience there you never know what's gonna happen and then three I guess I'm gonna go Cheesecake Factory just because like the menu is so insane like it's so overwhelming and insane that I usually just panic and pick something and never really know what I actually ordered um so again just for the thrill of it i would go cheesecake factory hey i love it <laughs> um so most of our listeners don't know but emily does have a dog named hoss what is hoss's favorite treat oh man well okay he's 112 pounds and he just turned one so he's technically still a baby in my eye um but he eats so much um we just recently transitioned from six cups of food a day to four, but he still is just like an animal. So I actually just give him like the whole like bones, like just these giant ridiculous bones. And he usually finishes those off in like a day. Like he's just the savage. So um, it's expensive, but it's worth it. He's a great dog and um, he's definitely spoiled because he's an only child. What type of dog is he? That's a huge dog. Yeah. Um, well, so I adopted him at eight weeks from a rescue and he was 14 pounds then. And then he started putting on like 20 pounds a month. So I did the DNA test and it turns out he's a great Pyrenees mix. And so he Surprise! is, yeah, <laughs> you're having a giant. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Let's see what else do we have here. Um, 
So stakes, uh, what's your newest skill from quarantine? Oh, um, well, I was just on the Salmon River um, for people who don't know. My brother is a professional fly fishing guide there. And so I did a trip with him. And so I've been trying to sharpen my fly fishing skills. Um, I was really bad about it in law school because Zane, as you know, you don't have a life in law school. And so um, that's my post-law school hobby also. Um, but yeah, I've definitely been trying. I still need to be a little more adventurous um, in terms of finding places to fish around here because I am scared to fish in the Spokane River. Like, I just feel like you might, I don't know what you would reel up. It scares me a little bit <laughs> to think about it. So, you know, I need to explore. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, have you got a fish yet, though? I have. I got several cutthroat um, on the salmon. Um, you know, I did the Middle Fork, which isn't like a notoriously uh, great fishing river, but it's so, so stunningly beautiful that it was fine. I was getting little nuggets, but it's so clear that it's really fun to watch them like come up and deliberate if they're going to bite or not. Like, it's a great experience. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. I don't think I've asked you this question before. I, I very easily could have, but if you're a breakfast food, what would you be and why? Oh man, that's easy for me. Breakfast burrito all the way. I just feel like I, I have a big thing with like sampling breakfast burritos everywhere. Like I just, it's the one thing when I travel, like I always want to get a breakfast burrito and like rate it in my own personal rankings. Um, I've had some really good ones lately. I had an awesome one in Missoula the other day um but yeah to me it's easy you know you can eat it on the go like you never know what you're gonna get inside but it's usually got all the best things of breakfast inside so where where's the best breakfast burrito that you've had okay so the best one I've ever had is in Stanley Idaho where my brother lives it's this little you know recreational town basically but there's this place called the Sawtooth Bakery and it's so good but they have the best one i've ever had okay oh man that's so do you have like a notebook filled with like all the burrito information <laughs> all here like, all up here all here okay i like just it memory yeah hey, didn't you hear law school masters. tax you just like, never forget breakfast burritos you know like burritos are easy for our most educated uh guest so far. So oh, cool. Thank awesome. you. Well, none of you have called me doctor yet. So. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Doctor. <laughs> Dr. Staker. Exactly. Dr. Staker Esquire. Esquire. Absolutely. <laughs> I had no idea, like, if Esquire actually had any significance. I would just see people using it. And so I was like, can I do that? Like, I had to actually do research to be like, can I do that? And it was like, it doesn't really mean anything. And I was like, fuck it, I'm doing it. So I like added <laughs> some of my cut, like uh, auto signatures. It's been really fun. Maybe we should do that for the podcast, you know, yeah. BB Lot Esquire. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll wrap up uh, Zambi slash Cooper's quick hits here. Um, Staker, what advice do you have for our lady listeners if they want to get more involved with sports? Um, be the best at what you do. And I would give that to any person looking to get into sports, you know, man or woman. Um, a lot of people think that to make it in sports, you just have to like really love sports, but like everyone loves sports. Like that's not really going to differentiate you. It's really, it comes down to being the best at whatever it is you do, because 
if you look at a lot of these teams, like they're corporations, you know, it's really analogous to the corporate world. And so you just really have to perfect your craft and get that experience wherever you can. And then eventually I think you get those skills that you can transfer it into the sports world. And of course it's a bonus if the love for sports is there. That's awesome. Well, I'd like to personally thank you as a friend and as a intern. <laughs> of, of course, I love it. Are you paid? Are you, is this paid labor or? Uh, partial college credit. credit. Yeah, partial um, college credit. At certain schools that accept it, some, certain online schools. Only. I love Out it. of country. University of Phoenix. Yeah, well, we're still working with them. They're being stupid. Right. Right. Yeah. We would love a lawyer to help us, so. Yeah, I've got you there, for sure. <laughs> Thank awesome. you. Well, thanks, guys. This is great. Awesome. Thanks Thanks for coming on, Emily. It was great of having course. you. Of course. Yep. Have a great night, and enjoy Thursday kickoff. Oh, boy. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. Yeah, give Haas some pets for me. I will. All right. I'll see you guys. <laughs> see you, Emily. Right. Yeah. Thank you. That was one of our best. That was a great interview with Emily. Now we'll turn it over to Mr. Christopher Zamblin with ad number two. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys. So, Zambi's Corner here we have today. We have 10 quick golf fun facts for you. If you're like me during quarantine, it's tough to find sports to play. And one of those that are the easiest is golf. Your 10 fun facts here come be early during tea time. Learn how to drive a golf cart and share it because sharing is caring. Don't play balls. You can't afford to lose. Read your putts while others are putting. It's only common courtesy. Go easy on the practice swings. If you have to ask if it's your turn, turn to... <laughs> Cut this out. <laughs> if you have to ask if it's your turn, you've probably already hit already. Give the phone a rest. Instruction is strictly for the driving range. Selective memory, very important. And it's only important when it comes to your scorecard. And last but not least, stop apologizing for your play. And that is Zambi's Corner for today. Thank you. Thank you, Zambi. That was very informative. Now we're handing it off to Mr. Zane for our fantasy draft. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the 2020 BB Lot fantasy draft. And no, I do not mean fantasy football. I mean literal fantasy we're talking game of thrones lord of the rings harry potter baby so let's get right to it we're going to do a snake draft here and we are going to be drafting the best fantasy characters of all time and it's extremely open to interpretation uh it's not necessarily who would win in a fight who would win in a football game we're just talking the best fantasy fictional characters baby and so starting us off first cooper you have the luxury of picking any fantasy player you want. And just real quick, the categories we have, you have to pick one Game of Thrones character, one Lord of the Rings character, one Harry Potter character, and you have one wild card at the end. It couldn't be anything you want. Uh, and you don't necessarily have to do it in that order. 
Uh, should, you should save the wild card for last, though. But Cooper, take it away. Oh, well, I think I'm going to start out with my wild card. So with the Wait, first pick. Coop, did you not just hear what I said? <laughs> why, can't, why can't I pick a wild card? He can go wild card. He's just assuming. This is the wild card move. I like it. I like it. Yeah, you know, we're risking it all so right. So good. He doesn't want the off chance we just picked it from all fantasy <laughs> characters in existence. I think I, I think I had a different vision of mine with <laughs> I was pretty pumped with I was pumped with this pick, so I'm going with it. So first pick in the 2020 BB Lot fantasy draft. I'm going Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan. Lock it in. Ooh. That that I, I mean, I was worried about you going wild card number one, but that I think that makes up for it. That is a phenomenal pick, honestly. Yeah, a I, badass uh, character. I, was, I did my homework. I studied the tape and had to do it. So he's my guy. Low key, I, I mean, I don't think you needed – I think it's a horrible pick that you did that first because I don't think anyone was picking that first. But that scene where he gets killed in the first Chronicles of Narnia, that's one of the scariest scenes in any children's movie ever. That's true. They just very casually sacrifice the sentient lion. <laughs> and I think the fact that like Liam Neeson plays that character just gives it like a whole other edge. Great point. Great point. All right, Jake, take it away with your first pick. Second All right. Um, okay. With the, the second pick, I thought he was going to be off the board, honestly, with the first. I'm taking Gandalf the White, Lord of the Rings. Uh, I mean, what can I say? The guy does it all. You know, he kind of, he, he's the, the overseer of the plan. You know, he, he dies and resurrects. Uh, he's giving advice to everybody. Everybody likes this guy. Uh, he, but he gets down and dirty in the trenches, you know, sword, staff, doesn't matter. Gandalf the White, lock it in. Uh, question, is there any reason you didn't go Gandalf the Grey? Uh, while he does have great firework skills, uh, he just felt a little too rustic for the way my franchise is being built. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will go next with the third pick. I'm going to go from Game of Thrones, and I'm going to pick one of the most lovable characters of all time. I'm going to go Hodor. Ooh, great blocking. That's it. All right. Zamblin. Any input, Zan? Or yeah, wait, it? you're not going to explain your first pick? I mean, what, what do I need to explain? The guy had perhaps the best scene in all of Game of Thrones. I mean, that is an extremely emotional scene. Uh, the whole thing where he just said like, oh, door the entire time. Turns out it comes full circle to hold the door. I mean, the guy's the most lovable character. This, this scene, I actually didn't watch Game of Thrones until I saw that scene. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I need to go back to the beginning for this thing. So Wait, I, you started at that scene? Well, I just like saw, I think I saw Kevin watching it in our dorm room or something like that. And so that's why I went back and watched it. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Zamblin, you're up next. All right. So uh, my wild card here, F Thor. The reason Thor I from mythology or the superhero? Uh, Marvel, because you saw him in, what was it, Infinity Wars, I think? Um, his fucking, um, was it a hammer? An anchor? His <laughs> axe? Yeah. A bit, hammer, hammer of Thor, right? Or are you no, talking about the axe? No, that broke in the third Thor. Now ah. he has an axe and, and 
Yeah. So the one that just like flew through people and uh, how was it called? Uh, oh shoot, Wakanda. What? Wakanda, yeah. So basically, I want that. <laughs> Are you taking the axe or Thor? Both. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, Zamblin, since it's a snake draft, you actually get another pick here. Oh, Kai Drago. Ooh, nice. Ooh. Well, you're going size. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is all a big played by like team. Australians. <laughs> now, are you pick? You're picking the the person, right? Not the dragon that w- was named after him. I'm taking the person. Yeah. Um, well, you have to have some game if you're gonna lock down that chick you know wasn't she wasn't she like traded to him let's not talk about that (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll I'll get us off that topic (laughs) i'll go i'll go harry potter and you know what this is gonna be kind of a uh an underdog pick here um i'm gonna go dobby the house elf i think dobby extremely honorable uh, team team little man uh you know low guy wins i think dobby had a super badass scene when he handed uh who was draco malfoy's dad when he handed him the book with the sock in it we need some brains and we need some brawn on this team so dobby the house elf and hodor what a tandem boy i really think dobby and hodor are gonna pair so well together <laughs> take us away jake Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go t- for Game of Thrones, and I'm gonna take Bronn. To clarify, this is the the cell sword. This is Tyrion's friend and like Jamie's friend. Not to be confused with Bran the crippled. Ah, okay, good clarification. Not wheelchair guy, cool mercenary guy who just sleeps with everybody, you know. And he starts out at the bottom, scraps his way up to become a lord survives the series very impressive i think he and gandalf can do great things paired together quick quick question for you did you know that that actor does one of those audible books that's supposed to put you to sleep i've never listened but that little that little just like british accent ooh, it sounds so soothing in my head okay i like it so <laughs> he's he's our sleep maker cooper your second pick and third pick Ooh, gotta go back to back here. Uh, with my second pick, I think I'm gonna go Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna go Legolas. Oh, badass pick. Yeah, you know, great flow, great with the bow. Can't go wrong. So, it's my guy. I gotta say, was that was that too easy of a pick though? Was it too obvious? You know, it might be, but I mean, it was on the board. It's, it was, you know, if we're comparing this to the NFL draft, it's when you have a quarterback that falls the second round, got to take him. So that's what we're doing. I don't know. I picture more of the Marcus Mariota pick, just kind of a pretty boy pick. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, he is a pretty boy. Well, you know what? He's going to shoot you down with a bow and arrow. So Joe's on. <laughs> no, Gandalf can block it with his magic. Um, and then my third pick. Might be a bit controversial, but we're going Harry Potter. Give me Voldemort, baby. Oh, Ooh. boy. Whoa. Just total badass. Doesn't give a fuck. 
and dies. Uh, but not until the last movie, so. <laughs> That's true. He had it, well, actually, technically, before the series even started. Technically, he died. He died. Yeah, he, he was dead. He died twice. Uh, well, Maybe three well, times. Every book he dies. Yeah. We don't read books over here, so. Well, it's movies too, Cooper. The same thing happened in the movies that happened in the books. <laughs> you know what? I'm not basing this off Des. I'm basing this off uh, his performance when he's alive. His KDR is off the charts. <laughs> yeah. Bingo. So, I can't get past the no-nos. The no-nos really kills me. What's Dobby's KDR? Probably very low. Oh, dude, Dobby is a bad ass. That's a, that's a bad elf right there. <laughs> All right, Jake. Okay. Um, you know, I'm going to do uh, Harry Potter. And with the, my pick, I'm going to go uh, Professor McGonagall. You know, we need a no-nonsense leader on this team. Uh, gets the job done, a staple of the Hogwarts scene. And, uh, you know, I'd like to bring some diversity too. You know, first uh, female <laughs> choice. Shame. Shame on all of you. So, I, I, I like that pick. Um, she intimidates me. She's intimidated me since the beginning. So I, I hope that Hodor and Dobby can, can sort of uh, meet that challenge. But, Jake, I'll go next. I'm going to go with my Lord of the Rings pick here. And I think I'm going to go not Smeagol, but Gollum. I'm going to go Gollum. Wow. Wow. No, no. Like, that's the sound of you choking. I think that was a terrible pick. (laughs) Great pick. Great pick. I love Gollum. I don't really. Schmeagle's kind of the nice guy. We need that dual personality on this team that can just fire these guys up. I think, you know, while everyone, while Gollum's freaky little guy, I think everyone kind of liked him. He's kind of a a likable guy. I don't know. I don't think he's like, he like tries to, I think he tries to choke to death like five people in the movie. <laughs> and he like fails all the time. I've never just seen him successfully choke a person. Everyone roots for an underdog, Jake. I mean, you're rooting for Trubitsky for crying out loud. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Trubitsky, you know, Gollum, you, same exact person. I don't know. Gollum could have a better arm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Zamblin, your last two picks. All right. Well, thank you for uh, giving me the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, Lord of the Rings, we're going to go Schmeagol. Possibly a worse pick than Gollum. No, no, no. He's very loyal. He's he not knows- loyal. Is he? He gives in to Gollum. He loses to Gollum. Yeah, so the matchup, clearly Gollum wins. <laughs> It's not where you start. None of us like really know what happens in these like movies or books. Just what do like, you mean? I know what happens in these yeah. movies. I guess I just speak on Zambi's behalf. <laughs> I know that my scouts in my department, we smelled yeah, a little sure. something in the air that Zamblin was going to pick Smeagol. Uh, and so we went Gollum right away just to, just to beat him to it. <laughs> Cooper just saw the end of Harry Potter 6 and was like, Voldemort's on a winning streak. I think he's got yeah, this. You know, that's where we're so in terms of Harry Potter, I'm gonna go Professor Snape. Ooh, a nice pick. Cause he's a hoe, and I'll leave it at that. What? <laughs> what? Can you explain that one, Zamblin? Well, I mean, do you want me to? <laughs> y- yeah. Yes. <laughs> so basically, Professor Snape has his own interests out for himself. 
And so he'll do whatever it takes to win. And that's what I want. But how is he a hoe? Because he's a hoe is the self-interest, you know? Oh, okay. I guess that was my definition of a hoe. All right. With my last pick, I'm going to go into my wild card category here. And boys, I'm going with a huge wild card here. Oh, boy. I'm going to go Popeye the Sailor. Popeye the Sailor. And I, I like this guy a lot. He knows how to turn it on, turn it off. He's got the biggest forearms in the league. Uh, he knows his way with the ladies, olive oil. She's crawling all over him in every single episode. So to me, this is a no-brainer. Popeye the Sailor. Surprised he's still on there. That is true. Um, is he? I guess he is fictional. I don't know how we were describing fantasy. Olive oil fantasizes about him all the time. Fair enough. Great argument. <laughs> great, great argument. Okay. Um, you know, for uh, my last pick, uh, I need a personality. I need a leader who can gather all this talent and is directed to where it needs to go. That's why I'm taking Mushu from Mulan. You have Eddie Murphy giving the pump-up speech to this, uh, this bunch. Game over. Plus, he has firepower. So That is a phenomenal pick as well. One of the most underrated Disney animated characters, I would say. I actually watched Mulan probably about a couple months ago during the whole quarantine movie thing. I forgot Eddie Murphy was Mushu. Yeah, well, what made me realize his value was Cooper and I watched the new Mulan <laughs> this, uh, this <laughs> Friday. Terrible. You know why? There was no Mushu. There was no dragon. No, no Eddie Murphy. No, no fun. Just no fun. boring war. No one needed that. Two thumbs down. Wow, two thumbs down from Jake on a movie. That's how you know you can't like it. But Cooper, take us home. You got the last pick, Game of Thrones. I hope you watched it. I, I hope I did too. I'm <laughs> but with my last pick, I'm taking no other than Arya Stark, baby. She killed the Night King. Sold. Can't go wrong. That is a very strong pick. I, would, I, was, I was toying with Arya too. I just didn't think she would mesh well with Gandalf. It was the only problem, but I love the pick. Now, now, real quick, can, can you guys tell me what you were thinking in these picks? Because um, I don't really know what I was thinking, and I don't really know where we went with this whole thing. But, Cooper, what, what was your strategy in picking your team? Because you have Arya Stark, Legolas, Voldemort, and Aslan the Lion. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I think I was – if we're – Making the like NFL or just any sports analogy, I think I'm going that. I think I'm going all offense. I mean, all these guys are killers, and they're just going to get after it. So probably don't. Probably are a little weak on the defensive end, but hopefully we score a lot of points. That's that's my mindset. I love it, Jake. Um, similar to that, I was also just thinking of this the best people you could like the the most like the ones that had like the biggest impact to whatever they were in mixed with who would blend well together just to create like a great movie with all four of them 
And I, I think it's shaping up nicely. You know, you have, you have enough balance of personalities, but dedication as well to, to complete the story arc. You know, you can't have it too balanced either way. Well, what I see here, I definitely see Gandalf and Professor McGonagall hitting it off. Oh, per- perhaps, you know, like love affair, you know, I'll let the blogs work that out. <laughs> I don't think we want to dig into that research too much. No, no. But I'll tell you, my strategy was the lovable loser with the exception of Popeye. I wanted to pick the lovable loser. All of my characters died at one point or another. No, uh, yeah, I thought you were going for the ones who's like, weren't the smartest, I guess? I, I don't know. Or they all are slightly deformed. <laughs> <laughs> like, even Popeye, you could say, is deformed. He has very strange-looking arms. Yeah, yeah. Pa- they, they all have some sort of mental or physical... Uh, defect. Defect, yes. But we're the lovable, we're the lovable losers and, and we're necessary to every single story. I agree. And I don't see Zamblin around, so I think uh, oh. that just about... Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. Back. <laughs> what How was your you- strategy, Christopher? My strategy? I want power. That's all I want. Schmeagle brings a lot of Schmeagle. power. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. You gotta take Treebeard, Sarat, so many people. <laughs> Honestly, anyone besides... Hell, Sam... Would have been better. Dude, whenever I watched Lord of the Rings, I was stoned as fuck. So. <laughs> Fair, All right, well, yes. that, that ends our fantasy draft. Uh, to, back to you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great fantasy draft. Now we're moving on to our, our closing announcements. Uh, oh, Zane, yes. I yeah, believe. yeah, yeah. I think our first one we have is a quick update on the uh, bubble bracket challenge. We don't have to discuss it too much, but basically before tonight, the joke was on Jake with the Raptors pick. And it still might be because while they are back, he still needs them to win the whole thing. Um, But the rest of the competitors have all now lost one of their picks for the championship game. Granted, no one picked the Bucks, but myself, Dan, Paige, Coop, and Zambi all picked the Bucks to make the finals. Jake, how are you feeling? Um, I'm I'm feeling like I have a new lease on life with the buzzer beater win in Game Three for the Raptors, to the Bucks being eliminated, to the Lakers being in a pretty competitive series right now with the Rockets. Um. I think I'm in good shape. I think the Portland um, pick did hurt me, but if the Lakers lose, doesn't really matter because no one had that even corner of the bracket right. So I'm feeling more comfortable than I was. Honestly, before I was really just wrapping my head around eating all the wings. <laughs> well, well, you're looking better. I don't know if you're looking good, but better for sure. Uh, that being said, next closing headline, we have another competition to announce, ladies and gentlemen. This weekend, and this weekend only, our own young Jake Gilman will be competing against his girlfriend, former guest, Izzy, in a nine-hole match play 
golf tournament, baby. How are we feeling, competitors? We have Izzy on the show now. Yep. Jake better come ready to play. I would like to say that um, Izzy has been taking lessons while I have not. I'm more of the natural player where just the natural talent doesn't need those lessons. I've only, ta- I've only taken two lessons. And mind you, I picked up clubs, owned my own clubs at the end of June, thanks to Jake. Jake has been playing, you know, for a while. So I think he, like, has an advantage over me. I don't know. If anyone who I've played with in the last four years would not consider what I do playing golf. So <laughs> I think that's discredited right off the bat. But we are excited for this matchup. It will let us know who um, is the best golfer in the household. Me. Cooper, I know this is kind of your specialty, but have you thought of any sort of like punishment or reward for this match play? We, you know, we can't do this without a punishment. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I mentioned something when I was with Jake and Izzy this past weekend, and you may not be familiar with it, Zane, considering that you are not on the, uh, the app TikTok. But I suggested that the loser has to do the WAP dance. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. I not agree to this. This is all conjecture. Well, so, it's proposed uh, right now. I vote. That's what I have to offer. I vote yes because I want to see Jake do that, and then I can finally be TikTok famous and go viral. Oh. I we don't have think one I yes and it. one no. Jake, on live air, the gauntlet has been dropped. What is? What would be your rebuttal then? Uh, I would do a dance on TikTok. I don't think my reputation could recover a WAP attempt. Plus, I don't think my knee could take the WAP attempt. <laughs> I think all you would see is me blow off my knee like five seconds in, and it would just be an even sadder video. Could we see some sort of modified attempt? Could the, could WAP be the background music for an Izzy choreographed dance? I'm doubling oh, down. Izzy choreographs a dance, but it has to be WAP. Okay, I'm down. Okay, I double down. Gilman, I want to Well, see but it. then if Izzy loses, which is a very real possibility here. <laughs> I um, do the actual WAP dance then. Okay, very fair. I just. <laughs> how flexible are I you? I can't do the splits, but you know, I'll give my best effort. No, Jake. <laughs> get out of here zambi go back to your hoe snape well 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 zamblin i actually want to keep you around because this gets us to our next topic it has recently come to light that ladies and gentlemen christopher zamblin has a sugar mama and i don't think anyone on this show knows exactly what that means so chris please tell us what is this sugar mama fiasco well basically i'm helping her design houses right now it's going great um you guys should totally see it if you're interested let me know but aside from that i get 2500 dollars a month and i gotta do some cool tiktoks for her and yeah basically i'm just i'm being a hoe right now do you have clothes on in these TikToks? Uh, no. Are you, are you, wait, are you joking? Serious? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> okay. 
I was like, oh boy. Oh boy, this is going to be our biggest viewed episode ever. <laughs> well, it, it sounds more to me like you're like an employee. It's a non-sexual agreement, so everything's okay. It's oh, more like an employee-employer okay. relationship. Uh, I mean, yeah. What are you hiding from us, Christopher? Uh, five inches. <laughs> Jesus, this is aggressive. Take us, take us out of here. Okay, that's how a sugar mama situation happens. I always thought it was a myth, but damn. Kudos to Zambi. I wish him and his sugar mama the best. Okay, uh, that'll do it for our episode. Thank you, everyone, for turn- tuning in. I'm Jake. I'm Zane. And these are our interns. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, interns.